Hail to the Podcast is brought to you by the Game Time app, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. If you want to save money on the Redskins' final two home games of the season, two NFC East matchups with the Eagles and Giants at FedEx Field, if you want to get in the door, at the lowest price possible in the best seats possible, check out GameTime. The GameTime app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Welcome to Hail to the Pod. D'Angelo Hall and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And D Hall, back to back games. How about that? Yeah, I mean, them boys out there competing. You know, I they're know. competing, they're getting better. Um, and what do you know? You know, we're running the football. We're, you know, we, we have an identity. You know, it's funny you say that. I was just thinking that. Bill Callahan comes in as the interim head coach. He makes it known he wants the identity to be running the football. He sticks to it. And, you know, Jay Gruden kind of said there was no way both Adrian and P- Adrian Peterson and Darius guys could both be active, and it sure worked. What did you think about what – what were your initial takeaways from that victory? You know, I thought the defense played lights out. Um, you know, obviously, you know, forcing the turnovers, um, even even the missed opportunities. Um, you know, Dunbar is playing great football right now. You know, he dropped a couple interceptions. But, you know, I thought the defense played really good football. I thought they controlled the line of scrimmage on, you know, on both sides of the, uh, of the ball. You know, and I thought that offense made plays when they needed to. You know, in the run game, you know, I even felt like Dwayne Haskins' presence in the pocket looked notice- noticeably different mm-hmm. um, yesterday than it did you know, in any of the other previous games. And I don't know, but maybe it's because he had a little bit of protection, you know, and even when protection broke down, he still was able to, you know, show me a little bit of athleticism and move out of the pocket and make some throws. And so, you know, even some of the, you know, incompletions and some drops that were uh, had by some of the receivers, you know, I, I think the kid's progressing pretty well. And, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing this team and seeing him, uh, you know, continue to, uh, you know, to grow. Absolutely. So the Redskins are now three and nine. The Redskins are just three games back in the NFC East with a month to play. The Skins go to Charlotte as double digit underdogs and they beat the Panthers in a building that they hadn't won in since the 90s, which I find hard to believe. It was a significant victory for Bill Callahan. Dwayne Haskins, mm-hmm. he's showing progress. And then how about Darius Geis with his first 100-yard game? Fabian Moreau stepping up on the outside. Oh, yeah. um, oh, three yeah. interceptions in the last two games, D-Hall. I mean, could he be the long-term answer across from Quentin Dunbar? What do you think about that? I mean, he's he's slowly proving that he can be. You know, you still see him make a little bit of mistakes that you say, ah, God darn it, you know, that's a play you got to make. Um, he slipped on the one ball. Uh, that that was supposed to be a touchdown, uh, you know, that uh, that that Kyle Allen just overthrew. Um, but, 
you know, he's playing good football. And at the end of the day, as a DB and as a coach, you want your team to get turnovers. You want your players to cause turnovers, make impact plays. And, you know, Fabian Monroe has been able to do that. And so, you know, he's looked really good out there. What do you think is the difference for him? Like, it, it seemed like he was just struggling in the slot, but now that he's on the outside, since they decided to bench Josh Norman, he really seems to be thriving in that role. Yeah, and playing the slot is, is so much different than, you know, than playing on the outside. Playing on the outside, you have that 12th defender being the sideline that can kind of protect you a little bit. It's only so many route combinations, you know, you can get out there, uh, you know, outside the numbers. We're in that slot. Every single route you can get. I mean, it is it is it is almost like playing playing zero coverage. You know, I was you know forced to go in the slot. You know, at, at certain points in my career, and you know, I didn't love it at all because it <laughs> made you lock in every single snap because you knew you could get undressed. It is numerous times where the perception is you have help because of safety's back there, but that safety's taught to kind of hey, your body is going to help him. We don't yeah. really expect you to help him, and so. You know, having Fabian going outside, you know, you can definitely see his comfort level. And Fabian's a bigger corner. And most big corners love to go on that outside because they can beat you up a little bit. You know, most inside corners are smaller guys trying to go against smaller receivers. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it's absolutely, you know, a much, much more natural fit for him. And you're just seeing him be more comfortable in this defense, be more comfortable being out there and understanding that, you know, his preparation and his film study is going to take over and he's going to be able to go out and make plays because he's studying and he's seen, you know, a lot of the looks in practice and on film. And, um, you know, you're seeing a young player mature. The same thing with Quentin Dunbar. I mean, you know, when I watch him play and I remember him the first day being a, you know, being a receiver and then coming over to DB, um, you know, as raw as he was, uh, you know, his ability to just want to always learn and work and, you know, his dedication to that, you know, you can tell a lot by a person, um, you know, when, you know, when their back's against the wall and they're fighting and, you know, Dunny had to fight for everything. You know, he was a guy who, you know, wasn't supposed to make this team as a receiver and let alone we switch his position and he still goes out and proves that, you know, down in and down out that he can go out there and, you know, and lock down number one receivers. Um, you know, those are the kind of players you want on your roster, man. And you can kind of see, uh, they're starting to take on that identity. And sticking with the defensive side of the ball, um, what else stood out to you? We saw Ryan Anderson get ejected. Did you think oh, that was goodness. fair? Oh, my goodness. Oh, no. Heck no, I didn't think that was fair. Are you kidding me? I mean, goodness. What are we? What, what, what? Now, I'm all about player safety. But come on, man. Just because I hit that dude harder than you wanted me to? Like to to, to me that was that was head. one of the, the other player lowered his yeah, head too. Yeah, there Greg really... Olson. And I love and I love Greg. He's a great, great player. Maybe he'll be a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, no doubt about it. Has a career in TV when he's done. Love him. Loved him at Miami. Followed his career. But yeah, he just got hit harder than 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 than, than he was expected to get hit. Mm-hmm. And that to me is what's tough with football, man. Like some of the stuff is not even logical. And not only do you take the turnover away from us, do you penalize our team and give them a first down, but then you eject the player? Like, right. to me, Ryan Anderson didn't go in there, dropped his head, leading straight with his head and hit him. You could see, as a defender and a guy who's tried to and had to hit hit big, bigger guys and tight ends and just players at that kind of angle, I just saw Ryan Anderson throwing his shoulder in. And right. yes, at some point, your head will hit if you put your shoulder on him. 
it'll graze it. It'll graze the opponent's helmet. But I didn't see him just head right, head straight down, helmet to helmet type of contact. Greg just got hit in an awkward spot. And, I mean, that was, oh, my goodness, that was one of the blown calls I thought of the day. Yeah, not to mention Ryan Anderson had gotten the start for Ryan Kerrigan, who, you know, has a concussion right now. So it was just like, oh, man, are you serious right now? But the new guys that they signed off the street really stepped up. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Some guys I had never heard of were out there just (laughs) continuously – applying pressure and it's almost like but you know what Aaron this is what I've said this team has needed for a while you know we had a guy like Pete Robinson who's uh down in Arizona now and he was he was a different type of pass rusher he was probably about 6'2 about 250 you know one of those smaller athletic type of guys um you know a guy who can bend same thing with uh you know Von Miller's that kind of guy not saying Pete's Von Miller but just Smaller DNs that can bend. Robert Quinn down in Dallas is that same type of guy. Um, And, you know, I thought we needed a guy like that, a different body type guy than the 6'5", 6'4", 270 run-stopping DN who can, yeah, still get you 12 sacks and apply pressure. Um, But I've always thought we needed a wiggle guy. You know, when we signed Junior Gallette years back, um, you know, he was supposed to be that guy. You know, you ask Trent Williams – and he'd tell you, you know, Junior Gallette was one of the toughest dudes I had to try to block, hands down, because he gave you wiggle. He gave you moves. Um, and so when we never brought him back, when, you know, when we, when we just never had that type of guy until we were forced to because of injuries, um, which you saw, those type of guys give tackles a hard time because they can't get out there fast enough. And if you got a really good coach and you can teach them a counter move off of that speed, then, man, you got the ability to really, really apply pressure without blitzing. And that's what you saw this team able to do, man, with some no-name guys who just gave you a different look. You know, those tackles probably were preparing for, you know, bigger guys as in Ryan Kerrigan, uh, you know, Montez Sweat, Ryan uh, Anderson. And they got small athletic dudes who were able to get around that corner and apply pressure. There's a couple other topics I want to get to um, in the next 15 minutes. But um, before we get to Dwayne Haskins and the offense, the Mm -hmm. Ravens 49ers game, the ratings absolutely destroyed the Redskins in popularity in D.C., in the D.C. market. Uh, Let me read this to you. The Sunday's... and it should have. And, I mean, and it should have, Aaron. And it should have. But does have. that I mean, surprise what are, what are, you? I what mean, are we playing for? Redskins no. are usually king in D.C. Like, forget about any other sport. You're not going to be king when you didn't won two football games <laughs> and you're going against the Carolina Panthers who have won five, who doesn't have Cam Newton and that star power element. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't many stars out on that football field when you think about that Redskins and Panthers game, right? And right. then you think about seeing what potentially is the Super Bowl preview. And yeah. it's like, shoot, I'm watching that game. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so only reason I watched the Redskins game because I had to talk about it. Or I would have <laughs> watched the, uh, you know, the Ravens game, too. I still have to go back and watch it. I mean, I know what happened. I know every big play, but I want to see in sequence and kind of, you know, how guys responded. I've seen every play, I think, that's going to be the highlight. But, um, you know, yeah. I haven't sat and watched the whole game. And so, heck, I, I mean, hell, I'm excited. I'm excited because that was a hell of a game. But, Aaron, no, I'm not 
<laughs> I'm not surprised. Yeah, so the the Ravens Niners game got a 9.5 rating in DC, while the Skins Panthers game got a 5.3 rating. So there oh, you well, go. Five. I thought it, I thought you were gonna say more like two. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was so boring in the beginning. Maybe maybe it was a little higher because in the second half things kind of got rolling for the Redskins, and people were like, "Wait a second, let's yeah. flip back." Yeah, they, but, they saw life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's just crazy to think that the Ravens have kind of like, even if it was just yesterday. Just on Sunday, kind of eclipsed the Redskins in popularity in D.C. because I don't think that's something that that's really happened too many times around here. No, no, and 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 it's because the constant losing, man. You know, fans are fans are showing their frustration, and you know, people always say it. Dan's not going to make a change until it starts affecting you know the bottom line, and you're starting to see that with the ticket sales and things like that. And you know, you talk about. Uh, you know, the Ravens and, you know, and the Ravens are so good and they're so exciting and they're so what everybody in D.C. wants their team to be. They want you to pick a player, buy into that player, conform to that player, give him every chance to succeed. That's what Baltimore did. Like and Baltimore's doing it under new leadership, essentially. Ozzie Newsom's out of there. I know. New GM. But they put the right players around Lamar Jackson. They have a plan. And they're 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 implementing their plan. And I think that's what we as fans in D.C. want to happen. I will be so curious to see what the Redskins scouting department, kind of like the notes that they had on Lamar Jackson that year when he was coming out of college. Like, I I mean, you know, so many teams missed out. Everybody. Yeah. I mean, everybody missed. I mean, you got to say every, you know, all 31 other teams missed. Because, you know, he was the last pick, right? And last well, pick in the first round. And some people are saying it's because he, he didn't have an agent. And how did that affect him as well? And some uh, GM said he would have been a better wide receiver, Lamar Jackson. And some are saying it's because he didn't have an agent. And his mom was basically his agent. And maybe that kind of affected things as well. The whole, it's just very interesting to me because I'm sure... Every team's looking at how the Ravens are doing now thinking, dang, you know, we had an opportunity right there. Well, and Lamar Jackson's a special quarterback. And so, yes, I'm sure all of those things factored into it, but it took a special organization. It took the offensive coordinator who understood his strengths to want to get those out of him. And that's what at the end of the day, and that's what it's about for me, like get me the right coach. And as long as I have NFL caliber players, we'll be able to compete. And that's the frustrating part because you don't feel like at all times as a Redskins fan, we've had the right coaches putting our players in position. Mm. Simply, Lamar Jackson, he's doing what he can do very, very well. If we told Lamar to drop back like Tom Brady and execute this offense like this, it would look totally different and he wouldn't have the success he's having now. Not saying eventually he couldn't become successful doing that, I'm just saying right now, out the gate, the reason he's so successful is that team's uh, 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 mindset to buy into what Lamar does well and put him in position to do that. And he's very comfortable. That team's taking on his identity. He's taking on that city's identity as being a tough, hard no. Like, like, you know, I broke down the XO of Lamar and Kyler Murray, run the same exact play. Kyler Murray, after he got his nine yards, he slid. Lamar Jackson, when he gets to nine yards, 
he's giving you a spin move and getting another 30. Mm, that's yeah. just his mindset. Yeah. And to me, that's always been kind of how the Ravens play defense, right? And now they're playing offense with that same mindset, that hard-nosed mentality. All those tight ends they play with, Mar uh, uh, Mark Ingram, they run the ball down your throat, man. It, it is fun. It is fun to watch the Ravens play, man. Yeah. And so I'm excited because, you know, our Redskins might not be doing good, but I'll tell you what, the NFL is doing great because they're showing people that you can play football uh, uh, a different way. And who knows what's going to happen in the future. Yeah, and tying it back to the Redskins, I think what we saw on Sunday against the Panthers is this young group and this young core showing progress. Yeah. Um, guys showing progress. Uh, I mean, Haskins, as you pointed out at the top of the podcast, he's showing progress. We don't know for sure how exactly he's going to pan out, but I think as long as you're seeing significant progress from the kid, that is something to get excited about. I wasn't really excited after that Lions win, but I was excited about what I saw yesterday. It did feel like a different team, and it did feel like this young group is getting better, and maybe they are buying into Bill Callahan and what he's trying to do. They aren't giving up, even though they were 2-9. and nine, Now they're 3-9. and nine. Um, I do love the fight that they have. And, and it seems like they do believe in each other. And I think maybe if you can add some more talent to this team, I do think they're going to continue, you know, to make progress. Also, I want to ask you about NFL Network reporter Mike Garofolo had reported the last couple of days that Bruce Allen is being evaluated here locally. I don't think a lot of us think too much of that because. If, if your team is two and nine when the report came out, you should be evaluated. You know what I'm saying? Like most yeah, people should yeah. be evaluated. What did you think about that report? I mean, and we too, as, as, as being from the area, um, you know, as opposed to national media, we've always kind of heard those whispers, right? It's, right. it's always kind of fire Bruce Allen hashtags floating around. It's not really so news for us, to us. It's not news. Yes. <laughs> yeah. For us, it's not news. We've always felt like, heck, we all should probably be, or that whole front office should, you know, should be evaluated um, every season. And so for us as, as, as fans from the area, it's not news. But yeah, you know, for me, you know, I do a show with Mike Garofalo. And for me to hear that come from him, I was like, wow, for real? Because I've never heard that from a national reporter to say, hey, dude, like, yeah, I'm hearing, you know, coming out of that building that Bruce is, you know, hmm. you see, you know, everything's under evaluation, even him. And we've never kind of heard that because now as an organization is like, wow, where do you go? Because now you have to feel every level of your organization. Right. You got to go president. If Bruce is out, you have to go president. You've never had a GM in there in a couple of years. Now you have to find a GM and you have to find a head coach. That's a tall order to try to fill in one off season. Yeah, but as you brought up on this podcast, if Dan Snyder feels his bottom line's being affected, he oh, is yeah, going yeah. to do no, something. No. And, 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 and who wouldn't? And who yeah. wouldn't as a business person? Yeah. Who wouldn't? It's, 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 it's the smart thing to do, you know? And Dan didn't become a billionaire by not making smart decisions. And so right. even though people can question what's been going on with the Washington Redskins, um, you know, they're, they're still worth a heck of a lot of money. And I've also heard before, maybe not firing Bruce Allen, but perhaps having him focus on other things like the state, the new stadium, um, as opposed to kind of b being more involved with GM well, type yeah. duties. Um, that could be a possibility as well. And I can tell you a story about, you know, when I was in Atlanta and, you know, part of the dysfunction 
um, you know, throughout the whole, whole kind of Michael Vick saga, um, you know, and two years of, you know, just being okay prior to that, uh, you know, our general manager was Rich McKay. And, you know, Arthur Blank, who was a new owner at the time, uh, you know, felt like he, you know, Rich McKay was a smart business guy. And what he did was made Rich the president of all football-related things, except, well, I'm sorry, the business side of things, not football-related. And uh, Rich McKay brought in uh, uh, Dimitrov from, you know, a New England, you know, exec at the time, who's now uh, under scrutiny, you know, in in, in Atlanta and possibly going to get fired. But, uh, you know, to kind of be the football guy, you know, pick the players, kind of kind of go about things like that because he was brought up as a scout. Mm-hmm. And that seemed to work very well for Atlanta. You know, obviously they're struggling right now, but, you know, they had a Super Bowl berth in there and probably should have won it, um, you know, if they would have ran the football um, versus a really good New England team. So, you know, it, it's been places where struggling GMs and struggling execs have been said, or have been told, hey, go over here, just focus on this side of things and we'll bring a football guy in. Um, I kind of thought that was the course when we had Scott McLuhan, but, you know, things didn't work out there. So, like I said, it's going to be interesting because really seasoned uh, front office guys, they they want to run things the way they want to run things. Yeah. Not have anybody over their shoulder kind of micromanaging um, the process in which they want to do things. And that's what's going to be interesting. Well, what's also interesting is if they start winning and then Bruce could be like, see, Dad, things are working. Just give me a little more time here, you know? Yeah, yeah, you always have that case. And so, you know, it's always interesting to see how things finish up because, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, if a team starts one and nine. If they finish, uh, you know, six and six and ten, or six and eleven, or six and ten, um, you know, that team's fighting. That team mm-hmm. hasn't quit on that coach, and the message isn't necessarily lost. This team has went through a lot, right? Well, speaking of that, I, I'm curious because they have been through a lot. I mean, Jay Gruden gets fired. Now they've got Bill Callahan as the interim head coach. And I would think Mm -hmm. because Bill Callahan is doing things so much different, are we finally seeing everything kind of start to come together? Because you would think that that would take a little time, even though he has been with the team, but he was never the head coach, you know, or the interim head coach. And it seems like things are kind of starting to click a little bit. And people are, I mean, you're you're starting to see, you're starting to see whenever, you know, uh, you know, an interim coach comes in like Freddie Kitchens did, you know, in Cleveland comes in and gets his team to, uh, you know, to have a little bit of a spark, you know, as ownership, you know, you're probably thinking, well, heck, maybe, maybe it's not everybody else. Maybe it's not the players. Maybe it's not, uh, you know, this exec, maybe it was the coach not, not, not getting the most out of his guys. And that ultimately led to Freddie Kitchens getting the job. Now we're saying, Hey, I don't know if Freddie Kitchens was, was ready for that. Um, because you only had such a small sample size, but anytime you can see a team play play a little harder, be a little bit more motivated, uh, a little more attention to detail, um, and it's because of preparation. Um, as a front office person, you're thinking like, "See, I, see, guys, I told you, we mm-hmm. we we had the right players. Yeah. It just was the leadership, you know, it was the coaching, and so the fingers start to point, and so that's what happens. And you know, I know this team. Uh, uh, keep fighting and keep trying to win. I didn't think they weren't fighting early. I didn't think they weren't prepared. Uh, I just think they weren't very good, you know? Yeah, well, it's week 14. Uh, 
I guess on a scale of one to 10, could you see the Redskins keeping Bill Callahan and making him the head coach moving forward? I'm going to say probably six. Okay. Six right now, Aaron. Um, you know, if he wins two more games, uh, you know, and, and, and I maybe think that goes everything's up to like still kind of <laughs> – Well, may, maybe seven because yeah. it's still kind of – you know, is Bruce Allen still here? Is Bruce, you know, if, if, if Bruce Allen is still here, then maybe I'm, I'm thinking more like a nine, eight and a half. Um, if Bruce is not here, I'm pretty sure whoever that front office guy is, is going to want to bring his own head coach who believes the same things he believes. Um, no one wants to, you know, to walk into an arranged marriage, at least not at this point. If you, you know, if you're cleaning house, clean house. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the skins go to Green Bay, a tough place to play and face Aaron Rodgers and the Packers on Sunday. And then they've got. It's Eagles at Redskins, Giants at Redskins, and then the Redskins are at Cowboys to finish out the season. So we will look ahead to that Packers game later in the week. I want to remind all of our subscribers and listeners that they can save 40% off on an athletic subscription. Just go to theathletic.com slash hail to the podcast and you will get 40% off. We want to thank all of you for listening. Thank you to our subscribers. Leave us a positive review and we appreciate you. Hold it up. Out.